Are you full of health and wellness information yet struggling to implement into your daily life? Or do you have your health sorted out but struggling to integrate it with your other areas of your life? We've surveyed a number of Wellness Couch fans and recognize that this is the biggest challenge that most of you face in daily life. How do you turn your knowledge into action in a lifestyle? Enter the Wellness Breakthrough. For three days and two nights in February, eight of your Wellness Couch favorites are gathering in Melbourne for one incredible event, and we just have three spots left. Entry to the Wellness Breakthrough is by application only. To apply, simply go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. And apologies in advance if you apply and we're all sold out. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. We've always taken mums the word to mean keeping things to ourselves. Well, this is no longer the case as we provide mums with the natural, honest, and reliable resources they need from experts and other mums to keep their families happy, healthy, and safe. Be prepared to use your passion for parenting to empower yourself with the knowledge of choice. Welcome to Mums the Word with your host, mum and chiropractor, Kaz Jaff. Hello and welcome to this episode of Mums the Word. Thanks for tuning in again. Uh, this week I get to interview Julie Sharon. Julie is a licensed clinical counsellor who offers individual couples and family therapy at her private practice in Amsterdam. She's also a Gottman Bringing Baby Home educator, and after earning her bachelor's degree in psychology at Skidmore College, she then went on to complete her master's in counselling at Webster University. She specialises in working with people transitioning into parenthood, those who face issues related to pregnancy, birth, birth trauma, or postpartum adjustment, or couples who feel disconnected but really want to make things work, and parents who feel overwhelmed by parenthood or who are seeking parenting support. She's a Dutch-American, which means that she speaks both Dutch and English fluently, and offers her services in both languages. She lives with her husband and her two kids in Amsterdam, and she um, really gives it back, um, gives back with this episode and lets us know some of the things that she faces uh, in her practice and therefore what people are facing in the, in the wider community in the parenting world. So here we go. Here's Julie and enjoy the episode. So Julie, I've already told everyone about you and I've, I've really been looking forward to this uh, interview, mainly because I think it's such an important topic and uh, touches everyone. So thanks for your time. Could you please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and a bit more about you as the mum? We'd like to get to know you as a person. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure. And uh, second of all, about me as a mum, well, I'm a, I have two kids. Uh, my youngest just turned five and my older one will be seven soon. So they, uh, they're quite close to each other. Um, it, uh, yeah. What else can I tell you? It's been, you know, having kids has been an adventure. It's, uh, there's always something new happening. There's always new phases and I go through them just like everyone else does. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, all right. Tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing and uh, in particular, what got you into it and the path that led you down um, that road? Well, I'm, uh, I'm an individual and a couples counsellor, and I am focused particularly on working with couples and individuals who are about to have their first baby uh, or who have young kids because it's a particularly interesting phase in life as, as you go through a huge transition, a once-in-a-lifetime transition. Uh, the before babies and after baby, uh, yeah, part of your life. There's a, there's a huge difference there, of course. And so I really focus on that. And I started to focus on that after 
um, I myself went through that whole process because I, I saw what it did and, and how important it was. And, I, and, and you see a lot of problems arising uh, for people around that transition. That's why I decided to focus on that. Yeah, no, I mean, I can't think of a bigger transition. Obviously, they say the the change from zero to one is the biggest. And then as you go down the track and the more kids you get, it seems apparently to get easier. But that um, non-mum to mum shift, I mean, your whole life changes. And then obviously, yeah, the relationship is never the same again, because there's a third, there's a third person and obviously a fourth and there's so much adaptation required. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, if you can, the, what I'd like to focus on is, is, is how you deal with that as a couple, because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's such a big transition and for mothers and, you know, I know this, this is particularly for this is mom's the word. So of course there's a lot of moms who are listening to this. Um, you know, that it, it can be quite this overwhelming phys- physical and emotional, psychological transition. And it's so huge and hormonally, all these things are happening. And, and you know, physically, it's, it's just incredible. Um, but when, when the partner is involved with all of this, um, it can really ease the process. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, you know, for some people that mother's instinct um, comes more natural. And, you know, this is really stuff that we need to learn. It's not, it's not innate in us, you know, how to navigate the, the parenthood or the relationship after baby. Well, and particularly, you know, we, we live now in, in the Western world. We live behind our closed doors and not anymore in the communities that, that we used to live in. And it can be really hard uh, to be by yourself with a baby and, and not really, not really knowing what you're supposed to do or, and, and feeling all these um, you know, big emotions. Okay. So in terms of, uh, let's say your practice, when do people generally come to you as, I mean, they're already having struggles or they think we're going to be preventative and we know that this has been difficult for our friends, you know, John and Mary. So now we think we don't want that. I mean, where do people really come to you in that process? Is there a common thread? Well, when people come in for counseling, it's usually because there's some things happening that aren't going so well. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're having, uh, conflicts. So after baby arrives, two thirds of couples will have really a, a, a dramatic decline in their, um, in their relationship satisfaction. So that's really normal to happen. And, um, it can, so, so that will, that will bring couples in, but there's also, um, a course that, uh, this bringing baby home course that I'm doing and that's for couples before they have their baby. And they're just trying to prepare to make this experience as satisfying as possible because they know uh, often when couples want to do a workshop like that, they know, okay, you know, we're, we're going through, a, we're going to be going through a big transition and let's prepare ourselves for that. So we are able to kind of glide through that experience as smoothly as possible. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to get things out in the open. I think, uh, you know, if it's not news to people out there already um, or if it's not something you know that, yeah, there's going to be less sex after the baby's born. So it would be nice, I think, where expectations, you know, all these high expectations that people know that going in, you know, whether Mm -hmm. it's fatigue, whether it's, you know, 
sore boobs. I mean, you can name an array of things, you know, the, why that's not going to happen, tender after maybe a traumatic birth or so many reasons that I think to normalise it actually sounds so healthy if you went into a course and you were basically the educator saying this is going to happen, so know it going in mm-hmm. and these are the steps. Um, yeah, it sounds great. So tell us a little bit more about um, this course. Well, I, I just wanted to add, it's not just the sex and intimacy that decline. There's there's other things that are also happening course, that, that happen with all couples, and that's also that um, <clears throat> that conflict increases. So that's what research shows, that not only the sex and intimacy decline, but also the conflict increases, and there's less time for conversations and connection and communication uh, between couples. So there's there's and there's an increase in stress and you know that's all on top of this um sleep deprivation which is a huge factor that people before they go into it they might think oh you know it's okay we'll deal with it and you do uh but it it really impacts your ability to deal with stress and to function normally and uh that's that's a really big deal. And I think, you know, I, I think there's a bit of societal pressure as well that, well, you have your baby now, isn't it rosy, isn't it perfect? Life is meant to be happy ever after. You know, there's a lot of that vibe yeah. around and, you know, what's the problem? Why can't you make it work or, you know? Yeah, that's also, you know, there's there's more and more um, awareness of postpartum depression Um there's also uh, postpartum anxiety is really quite common. So for depression, we don't exactly know how much it exists, but it's somewhere between 10 to 30% of, of new moms become depressed. And it's also quite common for fathers to become depressed um, and or the partners to become depressed. And that's, uh, that, that's also a... Um, Something that if it's discussed in advance and the uh, there's knowledge about what the signs are and the 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 your chances of dealing with it effectively are much greater and uh, it, it's really something that you can really handle quite well if you're willing to look at it. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, if you you recognize the symptoms and or know what the symptoms are beforehand, that you would know. Okay, we're coming up against this. We know how to take action. Yeah, and even for those moms who don't become depressed, uh, which there's a lot that don't become depressed, of course, um, there's it's still difficult. It's still going to be a roller coaster experience, and there's beautiful moments, and those beautiful moments are fantastic, but there's also moments of pure desperation, and and that's important to remember. I. I Personally, I remember um, when we had our first child, we had this one couple that told us, you know, this is terrible. Just so you know, it's going to be terrible. The first six weeks particularly are just really terrible. And when they told us that, it really uh, gave us great relief. Uh, they, you know, they told us, you know, this is going to be really hard and it's not, you know, what you always hear. And it really kind of, yeah, it, it, it gave us relief. Yeah, what can I say? That really helped us. Or made you feel like, you know, it's not just you. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's important. Okay, so um, 
elaborate a little bit on the course. I'm, I'm curious. Well, the course is bringing baby home course. is designed to keep uh, couples relationships strong and uh, for when the baby arrives and also to um, help identify uh, possible depression and other uh, you know, psychological problems and also to help um, the bonding process with baby. Uh, so it's all those combined. And the research uh, that this is based on is done by uh, the Gottman Institute. They're based in Seattle. And they've been researching couples, thousands of couples, for over four decades. And they've really zeroed in on what makes uh, some couples happy and some couples unhappy. And they, they call these, uh, the, the happy couples, the masters of relationship and the unhappy couples, the disasters of relationship. And the masters are those couples that stay together and they're reasonably happy. So, you know, I'm saying reasonably happy because no couple is always happy. There's always going to be conflict. That's normal. Um, but these reasonably happy couples, they, they, they learn how to manage it. And um, then there's the disasters of relationship. And those are couples that, you know, they if they stay together, they're miserable. Um, or most likely they'll, they'll end up uh, separating. So in this institute, they really found what, what the big differences are between the two types of relationships. And what they did is they developed a therapy uh, for couples to learn how to be, for disasters to be more like the masters. And they also developed a course for couples who are about to have a baby, this bringing baby home program. And in the course, uh, couples are taught to, um, you know, how to manage conflict, how to strengthen their friendship, how to effectively communicate, all these types of skills that are really useful uh, for when baby arrives and in general for a relationship, of course. Um, and they found, they've also researched the, the effectiveness of this course and they've, they found that it really, um, makes a huge difference that this, this drop in relationship satisfaction, uh, doesn't happen as much for couples who do, who go through a course like this. It really, um, is able to buffer them from going through this, this, this drop in their relationship satisfaction. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine, you know, it all, um, it's all fun and games until a baby comes along and potentially it has colic or, you know, he's really not sleeping or, you know, a premature baby, for example, that was unexpected arrives 10 weeks early. And, you know, that can throw so much in where you really had, a, you know, a different reality to what your plan was. And I'm not even talking about the way the baby's born. I mean, that in itself you know, has to bring in a sense of grief. Even in my in my personal situation, the way that with my second an amazing home birth, water birth, and, and still three hours later, I was in the hospital with a baby that was on everything that was so far removed from what I wanted in terms of antibiotics, you know, tubes down the throat, you know, yeah, everything that I would never have wanted. And there was such a grieving process. And that, I think, was 
in a way in people's eyes, but you have a healthy baby now or, you know, it was very hard for people. So I can imagine that, um, you know, you can do all the preparation you want with an optimal birth um, plan and then you're thrown into a race. So this, this course just sounds fantastic so that you actually are prepared for the, the highs and the lows because all these unexpected things can pop up. Yes, absolutely. And, and just like you're saying, when you're preparing for a birth, uh, you can, you can plan it and, and, and look at all the options or it, you know, there's two ways of preparing for a birth. I'd say you can, you can, you can look at what it is you want. Okay. An ideal, have an ideal dream of, of what your, the birth will look like and you can prepare and, and in that direction. And if it doesn't go that way, you can be left with this grieving process or with this profound disappointment. It can be really, really painful. So another way of preparing for birth is to, you can have that image and, and, and this idea of how you'd like it to go. You can also look at, okay, but what are the things that could potentially happen? So in case things don't progress the way that I, uh, that, that we hope it will, you know, what are going to, what are the options that I'll be facing? What kind of choices will I want to make in particular situations? Because it might not go how you plan, as you know, as I know. And, um, and the more you're prepared to deal with surprises, the better equipped you're going to be to make decisions that you be happy with after. Now, the same thing goes for relationships. So, you can be, you can, you can have this dream, um, of, you know, being together with this baby and, and, and this, this beautiful image and everything will just, you know, flow and it was going to be good. And, um, you know, that is fantastic if that does happen. Um, and at the same time, the research shows that it, it doesn't really happen. Um, although there's, there's, you know, a third of the couples, they really go through it very well. Um, but if you prepare and know what are some of the pitfalls, then you can, when you, when you experience them, you can do something with it. And life is full of surprises. And, you know, you never know when things, you know, when things can happen. I mean, I had the same with my second child. She got sick uh, on her ninth day. We were in the hospital with her. Um, and, you know, these, these things happen out of the blue. And just that's how life is, right? Things just... Yeah. You can, uh, things can be going really well and you never know what's going to happen. And you can't prepare, you can't go through all the possibilities of things that can happen. No, you can't do that because that exhausting. will require, yeah, that's, that's really exhausting. But if you uh, focus on creating connection and keeping connection, uh, um, you'll have a huge buffer in the stress that you can deal with as an individual. Yeah. So let's and, dive. And that's what it's all about. Let's um, dive deeper then. So for some just real basic practical tips, you know, we're mm -hmm. in this course and we understand that, you know, we're learning that there's going to be less intimacy or less time for each other. What are some of the things, I mean, obviously what comes to mind is, you know, a planned date night that you commit to that and, and, mm -hmm. and some of the other things that, you know, you would yeah. suggest or see that work for people because there is a sense of, yeah, 
obviously the mother or even the father losing themselves, you know, giving their all to their child. But then, of course, there's the losing the the two, that couple, that relationship. And it's, yeah, it needs nurturing, of course. You're, you're so right. And couples um, really are the, the basis of, of, of their relationship is an intimate friendship. And this friendship needs to be nurtured, just like any friendship. And when the friendship is ignored, it will be harder to communicate effectively. And it will be when the friendship is, isn't, isn't nurtured, uh, it's harder to deal with, with outside stresses and, uh, the complaints that you might have about each other. So I, I think you're right when you say, you know, that that, that that is, uh, is really important to focus on. And, and the course, really takes time to look at what are the different elements that that make this friendship between couples and how can you keep those going in the midst of also having to suddenly take care of this little helpless creature that's relying on you to survive um and and really what it's all about is is having these small interactions daily often it's it's not about it's not necessarily about having date night because date night is really way too much for a couple with a newborn. Yeah. So yeah, no, I was just throwing happen. out an idea, of course. Of course, but and and it's really important. It, it does signify that uh, putting that time in as a couple, and and as I'm saying, you know, the date night is hard when you have a, a really small baby, but you can take your moments here and there just to. Um, have a little conversation or to have a hug, um, check, check in, in how yeah. the other's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's these little moments and, and uh, that, that becomes really important. It's the small things that matter. It's not necessarily the, the romantic candlelit dinner that's going to make the difference. Yeah, no one's really expected, uh, expecting to leave their newborn anyway, especially if it's the first child with someone potentially they don't know and you're more stressed going on a date night than what it's supposed to bring, I think, and checking your phone yeah. every minute. So I get that. And, and when do people, let's say, let's move on from the course and the, let's say the positive um, preparation and the ideal situation would be that we would do, um, you know, we would educate ourselves and do some course uh, like we do any other, you know, pre-birth uh, course or preparation course for for the labor itself let's go back to maybe some of your work with I guess the crisis um end of things when when is it that um if there is a running theme that you see that people it breaks down is there is there you know I guess I'm what I'm trying to say is it is it maybe not a time frame but is it that there's been neglect it's like I feel you don't see me um you know that the other half or both just feel not seen is that is that what tends to be the thing that brings people in well there's it can go in two directions uh one is that there's just a lot of conflict mm-hmm. constant conflict and when there's a lot of conflict it's 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 also much harder to deal with with the baby um and so that's that's really uh one common thing and the other is disconnection. And that means, you know, being, you know, if, if the mom's at home with the baby, uh, she's 
seem, feeling very lonely and uh, not supported perhaps by her partner. And um, it, it, it becomes hard to, to share and communicate and to, to really understand each other's process. So there's this, there's this widening, uh, there's this dis- distancing between the couple. And um, those are the two most common things to happen. And, you know, when, and, and something that I didn't mention before, uh, but really important is that what they're, what the research also shows is that when couples um, are doing well, it has an incredibly positive impact on the child's development. So, you know, you just, you were just saying something about, you know, how, how people are uh, preparing for birth and doing their pregnancy yoga and things like that. And, uh, then after that, they, they want to focus on, you know, nurturing the child and, and, and doing things right and, and making, you know, looking at their actually how they're going to parent. Um, the research actually shows is what's really has the, the most positive uh, influence on the baby's emotional and cognitive development is the, the, the quality of the, the, the parent's relationship. So, because when there's a lot of hostility, uh, there's going to be a lot of focus of the parent. They're gonna, let's say the parents will be distracted. When there's a lot of hostility, you're thinking about that and you're worried about that, right? Uh, and it, it's going to be hard to focus and tune in to your child. I mean, even stress hormones in itself. I mean, we're both well aware of, um, I know we both know about perinatal psychology and the thought that's the thoughts that the mother is having during her pregnancy, whether about herself or her partner or her baby, how that ends up, yeah, having an effect. And of course, you know, that whole, um, uh, you know, I guess it transfers also to, you know, a mother with a newborn breastfeeding feeling inadequate or, or having stressful feelings and how that would relate to her flow of milk, um, you know, stress, stress hormones in general um, in the milk itself. Yeah, and, and what's important there is that there's, there's, there's going to be stress. And, um, and I don't want uh, new moms that are listening to this to think, oh, no, I'm stressed, and they get even more stressed about it. Uh, but what you can, what you can actually do about it is connect with your partner or with someone else. Cause when you're stressed and you share what's stressing you out and you receive empathy, this will relieve over 50% of the stress you're feeling. So when someone really understands you, when someone says, I get it. Oh, I get why you would be upset about this. Or that sounds, that sounds like it was really hard. It brings such a relief yeah. that um, you 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 actually won't feel as stressed anymore. You're human. It's in- it's normal for you to feel this. Yeah, that someone hears you. I, I, that you don't. I mean, it always feels like a weight's being lifted off your shoulders when you share what's on your mind. You know, and um, I mean, yeah, absolutely. There is a big stigma, I can imagine, in your work in general. Oh no, we had to see a couples counselor, and suddenly, you know, there's this self judgment. I mean, is that still in today's society where there's this, oh, we're failing, so we have to go here? Um, well, absolutely. Yeah. In, in, in Holland, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's different in, in different countries, of course. But it's, it's, you want, you have, it's, it's the same 
when it comes to depression, you know, it's, it's, people don't really want to admit it. So they won't seek help. And the longer you wait, the bigger the problem becomes. So there's a lot, there is definitely a movement towards acknowledging um, that these things happen. And that's making it better. Yeah. Yeah, so let's move. We both have pickles in our throat today. Um, it, let's uh, move on a little bit more into, um, I guess, the positive side of things, you know, not to put a negative spin on the challenges. I mean, at the end of the day, it is normal. That's what we're saying. Um, you know, how, how are the results or the feedback? Or tell us a little bit about people who either go through the course or, you know, I mean, what is what we're having conflict, we come to see you. You know, are we talking months of work or is this something that can be resolved in a few sessions? Now, of course, I'm generalizing, but um, just for people out there maybe struggling. Oh, that's, that is a really tricky question because it really depends on so many things. Uh-huh. No couples are like everyone's, you know, they, each couple will have their individual set of needs and, 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 and struggles. And we can never predict really how much time this will take, but what is the case is that the, the sooner the better. So the average couple will wait six years until the onset of their pro- from the onset of their problems until they seek counseling. So that's a really long time, you can imagine. And a lo- of course, a lot of them will have broken up by then because uh, 50% of divorces happen um, w- within the first seven years of, of uh, a marriage. So, um, that, so if you put it all together, uh, you know, the earlier you come in, the, the, the easier will be to, to work on these things. Um, but you know, it can be, it, it, it's of course a challenge when you have a small child, but the thing is, that's when people are most motivated because they really want, um, they, they're in this learning mode. When you just have a child or when you're about to have this child, you're open to receiving all sorts of information and, 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 and really taking it on and, and, and working with it, you know, you, you can remember how that, well, how that was. Pregnant, it's even in pregnancy. I mean, you yeah. see everybody eating healthier than they ever ate before because it's for, you know, we, it's, it's not just about us anymore. There's, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a third person. And I, I imagine everyone comes from the space that they, they want to do their best with everything that they have. I've said it many times, yeah, exactly. that, you know, even though, you know, obviously I work with babies and children, my favorite client has always been the pregnant client because they are so receptive and open to the suggestions exactly. and they, they're willing to do anything and everything to, and I mean, I don't know why we take care, better care, you know, it's just, obviously I would love everyone to take that much care of themselves all the time, but there's just this element of, um, like you say, um, yeah, taking it all on board and open and mm-hmm. receptive because we have... Yeah, such a yeah, a desire to make it work. Absolutely, and and what I always hope is that that um, couples realize that it's not just during pregnancy when there's a physical uh, dependency of the child, when 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 a mother will watch what she eats and and try to you know with health healthy. Um, there's after that there's a, there's a healthy way of living that that doesn't necessarily have to do with food, but it's about dealing with everyday stresses, uh, staying in connection, um, How you feeling balanced. a child in general. I mean, there's, there's so much. And, yeah. yeah, and, and uh, th- that is so important. It's not just during the pregnancy. Yeah, and, and one of the things that, that moms 
do a lot and which which really is is affects the relationship negatively and i like to warn moms about this all the time because we tend to do that and that's something called maternal gatekeeping and what happens is after baby's born and most often the the mom is at home uh, with the child and the partner is out at work um, and we learn how to do all the things and change the diapers and what the child should wear and how they like to be held and all these things and we think that we know better how to do these things and we start to exclude the partner and tell them oh no you should do it like this oh let me do it you don't know how to do it and this also has to do with the sheer exhaustion, of course, of all the sleep, sleep deprivation um, that we're a bit shorter maybe with each other. But what happens is there's, there can really be a distance withdrawal uh, from the partner, and uh, which is a reaction to maternal gatekeeping. So I always like to tell people, you know, it doesn't really matter if the, the, the shirt matches the pants or if the diaper, the, the you know how how tight the the little yeah. what's that? They leak anyway, right? I mean, they all leak. Anyway. <laughs> they leak anyway, and and you know your partner will learn how to do it, you know, as good as you're, you know, as possible. Um, but you know, try to do this as a team. As opposed to this, I know how to do it, and you don't know how to do it. Yeah, like looking and, over and their shoulder. And I don't shoulder. think that I don't think that moms are doing that on purpose at all. Um, I think it just happens. Again, you know, we're behind this closed door, and and we just kind of learn how to do things on our own. Um, but you know, the more you can let things go and do things as a we and not as a me, you know, <laughs> then um, it will you'll really be able to um uh you know buffer your relationship and 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 create a happier place for your child i mean this is even my inspiration for this podcast in general is that you know we've all got similar concerns and worries and and desires and struggles and 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 trying to navigate it on your own is so much harder than being either in a community or in a mother's group or obviously in a relationship. And that's really been my inspiration because we're really in this together and we're not that different. And I noticed just, you know, coming back to live in Australia that it's very normal that the the council or the maternal health nurse that does all your health checks will set you up with a group of women with babies the same age. Um, I even went to a first birthday yesterday of a friend and there was a whole group of um, babies of the same age and mothers of who they're all from the mother's group and they're saying are you from the mother's group now I was actually a friend um, a, a mum the mum was a chiropractor but I think it's so important that we have these social and I, I see in some cultures particularly obviously in the Dutch that that's not something part of it and it, it's so important because yeah everyone's doing it differently everyone's struggling on it own I even remember my mum being in our house for the first 10 days of my of my um, my first child's um life and coming from all the best space and of course she was right you know everything she told me but I wanted to navigate it on my own you know let me make my own mistakes and I can kind of see that in the relationship you know you've already navigated so much at home with your baby on your own you know that they like this whole better but at the end of the day when you're you know I guess um silenced or you know let's do it this way and you know I can imagine the partner's like oh okay I feel a bit shut down yeah 
And it's a shame because there's different ways of doing things. And, and kids really benefit from, from having uh, parents who do things their own way. They don't need this front that does everything the same way. You know, we're, we're led to believe that it's all about consistency, but it doesn't mean you're, you have to be the same person and talk the same way and, 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 and love and nurture the same way. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, um, you know, drawing on that we're all in this together, you touched a little bit about, um, you know, maybe some of the struggles that you had either personally or, or professionally that, you know, what did you learn in this mothering or, or relationship, um, I guess, um, experience and, and just to share with, I mean, you've, you've dropped some golden, um, golden gems already. So just for the listeners, is there some other tips that you would say that I guess you, you learned from maybe, um, struggle or whether a personal or professional, I guess. Um, well, yeah, you know, what I said before, uh, I think is really important this, that these first six weeks, and really the first three months, but those first six weeks, they're just a roller coaster. And it, it is something so overwhelming. Uh, and, and I'm not, I don't use the word overwhelming in a negative way. It's just overwhelming as in it's overwhelming. It's, it's happening to you. Um, and it's something that you can't really prepare for, but knowing that that's normal and that you, you know, that you might not shower for days and you, and you're just a total different person and you have emotions that you've never felt before. And you suddenly have this little creature that you don't really know what you're supposed to do with them. And, and, um, you're going to slowly get the hang of it, but it's just very overwhelming. And that's how it's going to be. And for some, it's more than for others. Um, and, and when it really becomes too much where you really, where you, where you just, where you don't even, you're not even able to really leave the house, you know, after a couple of weeks and you're, you feel so afraid about things, then, um, and, and it's like, you can't get out of this dark cloud, then it's really time to, to seek some help, um, so that's that's really number one. I think those those first you yeah. know, couple of months are are so incredibly important and just just so such a big transition. And so it's normal for everyone for it to be really intense. And at the same time, when you feel like it's uh, when when it's more negative than positive. You know, there are, there are really things that you can do about that. Yeah, yeah. And um, did you have a quote or an affirmation or something that relates in this, in this story so that people can just, yeah, I don't know, have that in their mind? Um, well, something that, that for the work that I do with couples, what always comes up is small things often. And what that means is that, relationships are not about what I said before. It's not about the candle lit dinner. That's not what's going to make your relationship awesome. What makes or reasonably happy, right? So what makes it satisfying and happy is are the little things that you do every day that nurture your friendship. So that's 
asking how your day was, asking how that thing went, um, asking about, you know, how you, you know, how, how you see yourself, you know, what, what kind of mom are you going to be? What kind of dad are you going to be? What kind of, uh, what are your dreams for us as a family? Having conversations, it could be little conversations or bigger conversations, philosophical conversations. That's really having interactions like that. Um, telling each other, you know, oh, thank you. Oh, I appreciate it when you did that. Or, oh, that was so cute how you just kissed our baby or whatever it is. It's making these little comments here and there. And also, um, listening to each other and trying to, um, trying to fulfill each other's needs. So when, when you, you know, make a request, you know, you know, when you make, when you want a glass of water and your partner goes and gets a glass of water, that's going to make you feel fulfilled. It's those little things at, when you ask each other and then you give it to each other, when you make a request or when you want to just chat and you're there for the other, that will make all the difference. So, you know, it's not about the big gestures. It's about the little things that happen on a day to day basis. The small, it's small, it's the smallest things. Really, that's what nurtures a friendship. That's what nurtures the friendship. It's the small things. I can't reiterate that enough. Oh, I mean, it's gold. It's gold. I mean, it answers all my next questions, actually. And it, and it even relates to parent to parenting as well. I mean, it's not just your relationship with your partner. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Any? Oh, that's such a good thing that you're saying because you know, for for those of us who have or have had toddlers, you know, you when when a toddler makes requests because a toddler does very often. So, you know, three times a minute, a toddler is going to make a bid for attention. Okay. Now what happens when you don't give that attention, it starts to build up and it will become a full blown tantrum, right? Mm -hmm. You don't give it the attention. It's going to be this external big thing. And it's the same happens uh, uh, with adults. You know, if you're trying to make a connection, you're trying to get, you know, get some attention, you know, it builds up uh, when you're not getting it. And it will really feel um, it, it will really be painful and feel like a, you know, neglect if you don't get that attention. Mm. And and so just like you want to give your child the attention they need and to try to uh, meet their needs. Um, because you know they're gonna be really unhappy otherwise. The same thing goes with the with a partner, and just a, you know with partners, it will they'll express their uh, dissatisfaction in a different way. But yeah. it's really the same thing. No, we don't change that much. No, you're right. You're right. We're we're not that different. It's true. Um, okay, so maybe there's um, a book that you wanted to share or a website that people you know can access um, or anything that you've used. I guess to get to where you um, to where you've been, and also, how can people reach out to you and find out more about the work that you're doing? Obviously, that's a double question. One, what, your, what are your resources? But also, how can we access you and um, and and find out more about your work? Well, the the number one book that I would recommend couples who are who have a baby or are about to have a baby uh, is a book uh, by John Gottman called "And Baby Makes Three. So that is a fantastic resource. It's very easy read, very relatable to anyone who's about to have uh, a baby or just had a baby. 
and who's in a relationship, that will really help a lot. It will talk about all the concepts that we were talking about today and much more. And also really how to deal with, uh, how to manage conflict effectively. Great. Um, and uh, another thing that you can do is look if there's uh, near where, where you live, There's a if there's a, ba- a bringing baby home program. So in Australia, I know there's a lot of them. Uh, I've met several uh, educators from Australia who do the who do the program over there. Um, in in uh, so you can look on the bringing baby home. Um, and they're think, obviously yeah, on the their USA. website. They're obviously in the USA as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a it's a program from, from the US. Yeah. And then my website is uh, www.balanceu.net. So if you want to contact me, you can go there. Um, and I think that's, I think I just answered your question. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, of course, I mean, I'm going to include your web, your website in the show notes anyway. So anyone can access that by, um, from iTunes as well, listening to this episode. Thank you so much for this, um, for giving back, of course, and, you know, for being able to dive deep into this topic because it, it is so important and um, and something that's not often spoken about until we're in crisis situation. And I think, you know, coming from that space, like you said, of, of preparation and knowing what could happen and, and you know, setting out some what-ifs is, is, is so healthy. Naturally, it's been a pleasure having you on, Julie, um, you know, Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I love talking about all this, so I'm happy to do it. Yeah, no, I love your passion for the work that you do, and um, yeah, everyone is lucky to have you in Amsterdam. Maybe you'll be doing Skype, Skype for world uh, sessions or courses at some point, so other people in other parts of the globe can access your work as well. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mums the Word. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and join us on our Facebook page to help us share the message to more mums all over the world. We look forward to having you join us again next time here on your trusted source for all mums everywhere, Mums the Word. We hope you enjoyed this Wellness Catch podcast brought to you by Audible. Do you find that you just don't have time to read all the awesome books that you hear mentioned on the Wellness Couch? Well, Audible might just have the answer. Audible is offering the Wellness Couch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get books like Eat Right for Your Blood Type, Why We Get Fat by Gary Torps, Paleo Diet for Athletes, or even The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch for your free audiobook. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.